Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 8th episode of Keep the Receipts with Zungi and Ultimash. Alright, so we got a lot going on, obviously post-All-Star break. Um, here, let Ultimash kick us off. Let's do this. So yeah, before we start talking about post-All-Star break, uh, Zungi, I did want to talk about the All-Star break itself. Uh, yep. Just passed by and you know teams are starting to play again. But just want to talk about All-Star Day. Usually it's weekend, but obviously with the COVID stuff, it's only a day. Which I kind of enjoyed the idea of them doing everything on one day. But I felt like the main thing was the dunk contest was like super rushed. Where it just yeah. obviously was during halftime of the All-Star game. So they can't really, you know, put on a show for 30, 45 minutes to an hour. Because they need to finish the rest of the game. And... Uh, the highlight of the the day was the three point contest, and it wasn't even close. The rest of the events were very unentertaining. Did not really require any knowledge to know who was gonna win. And uh, my main thing was the the slam dunk contest. It's like the fact that it was rushed, and the fact that you don't even know who's dunking in these contests is ridiculous. And you know, the slam dunk contest was the highlight of All-Star Saturday, right? When it used to be on Saturdays during the weekend. Right. And that used to be the highlight. Everybody was looking forward to, you know, Dwight Howard, Nate Robinson, you know, going back, you know, Vince Carter, all these top-end dunkers. Aaron and, Gordon, Levine. Yeah, exactly. Aaron Gordon, Levine, uh, Josh Smith, like these people that have put on, like, amazing shows, Amari Stoudemire. And then now we've got Anthony Simons. Ob Toppin and Cassius Stanley. Like, let's be real. Like, the NBA is not really putting out their best. Zion didn't do it again this year, which is kind of disappointing. But I don't blame Zion for doing it. Not doing it. I would want him to do it when there's like a live crowd. Yeah. Uh, just because I think the slam dunk contest out of all the other competitions need that energy from the crowd to kind of bring out and make it the slam dunk contest and make it memorable. Right. And with no crowd or, you know, very minimal crowd that they had, it's it's not the same energy, right? And, you know, when Blake Griffin was doing those dunks, it was like everybody was, like, on edge. Like, the crowd was, like, you know, rooting him on. And we didn't really get that. And the only time you got any smidget of that was during the three-point contest where Steph was amazing. And Mike Conley made it really, really close, which is surprising. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think Mike Conley really had any chance. <laughs> and uh, I thought that once, you know, Booker got, you know – he had an injury and he was removed from the competition. It really felt like it was Steph's to win. Yeah. And Mike Conley gave him a run for his money. He really did. And everybody else was like a really distant underdog. Like I thought Zach Levine might have had a chance, but he didn't even make it to the to the final round. Yeah. And I mean, I would reminisce to miss the fact that uh, of the All-Star game itself before the game started, they had the picks, and uh, both Utah Jazz players were the last two players taken. And uh, I think I wanted to get your thoughts on that because to me, that is the funniest thing considering they have the best record by a substantial margin yeah. over every other team in the NBA. <laughs> and their two All Stars didn't get selected till the end. Right. Uh, before I get into that, I guess let me just uh, kind of give you my highlights of the All Star. Yeah. I mean, I had Booker picked. Until that injury, um, I told you this. I was like, Booker's gonna win this All Star game, yeah. and no, oh, I'm sorry, in the three point contest, and that was my pick. Simple as that. And I thought, you know, 
he got injured and that was pretty much ball game right but but like you said mike conley kept it real and you know his replace booker's replacement was pretty good and mike conley you know he's more of a set shooter so it's easier for him to like shoot those shots compared to you know like other guys i feel like majority of these guys shoot off the dribble a lot but steph's just a pure shooter you know compared to everybody else he's so great at shooting like it's easy for him uh and he's done this uh event like three four times already Mm -hmm. it's a walk in the park uh for him and just just being the greatest shooter of all time you know uh, easy win there and booker's had really great runs he's had this was going to be his third three-point contest he's won one he he was going to give a run for them again and he, he was in the finals of the last i believe uh the last time he competed competed and then now he's you know he got injured, and it's unfortunate. Yeah, the dunk contest, man, it's sad. Uh, like, they rushed it one. This is like the main thing. Uh, it's it's been it's been the case with dunk cost, dunk contest on and off. Sometimes you have great talent that's going in there, and a lot of hype behind these guys, and you got people that you don't even know, like that are just competing in this dunk contest. I believe James Flight White was one one of them, and those were like one of those down ones. Yeah, one of those lower end dunk contest i guess you know it's it's kind of you know i don't know why but obviously this is a pandemic year so kind of got to kind of give it slack there if maybe guys didn't want to compete because hey there's no crowd and we're not going to get the oohs and the ahs and you know just let whoever wants to compete in compete in it yeah um i believe like cassius stanley's first dunk was kind of underrated mm-hmm. he, he did a great dunk right there uh, but then you know then the jitters start hitting right and then you start missing dunks and then it's just a downfall you know like that's what happens some guys they can keep it but like these guys that don't are more like no names i'm not gonna say like Anthony simon's been in the league for quite some time and there will be time for a rookie he's a top 10 pick and then you got Cassius stanley so these guys need that extra oomph behind them so they can you know start their adrenaline start going and especially when you know, there's no crowd, and they don't get the, you know, the score, I guess, from the dunk, you know, yeah. it just, it just makes them not want to compete even more, and then, the, and then that's what it, that was, and also, it was rushed, obviously, it was in the middle of a, in the middle of an all-star game, like, like, what is that, you know, especially when <laughs> this is a main event type of uh, event, and so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, but, you know, shout out Anthony Simons for winning it, but it was, it was not the greatest or anywhere. It wasn't. It wasn't as bad as some people might have made it out to be to me, but it wasn't as obviously. It's not a top ranked dunk contest either. Um, then moving on to the Utah Jazz. Here's the thing. The whole pandemic situation that was taken so lightly, especially with Rudy Gobert, right? Yeah. That was like one of the main things. I feel like these guys said we're going to teach you a lesson of not taking stuff seriously this stuff was serious it was it was unfortunate that it happened and then on top of that you took it lightly uh you were in a press conference and you touched all these microphones that's unacceptable you know and i feel like the nba player is their their community they're they're one whole you know and together they wanted to teach the utah jazz hey and some of them are bystanders, right? Donovan Mitchell is a bystander in this, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But I think they wanted to teach Rudy Gobert a lesson. Hey, don't don't take stuff that's hurting the world lightly ever. 
because th this is what's going to happen to you. And I think that has something to play with in part with, you know, they're in Utah, obviously Utah. <laughs> Come on now. Um, no one likes Utah. <laughs> and this is unfortunate, but they are they are the best team in the league. No doubt. Uh, they're playing really well together. Um, they were unfortunately the, the last two picks, which shouldn't have been the case. But I feel like they this this has something to going back to what happened before this pandemic thing started yeah. you know and this has definitely relation to that and that's where i'm at i mean it was kind of like a teaching moment for them mm -hmm. uh don't take stuff lightly you know and it is unfortunate they should have been picked up higher obviously you know rudy gilbert should have been picked up higher donovan mitchell should have been picked up higher there's guys that were bet that were not as good as them that were picked higher than them um and they are the the number one seeded team in the league and they they solely deserve to be picked up higher than you know the last two picks yeah and the thing about rudy gobert was not the fact like you know it, it was he became the face of the the virus and stopping the nba and then eventually all the other sports from you know moving forward and competing right so there was no more games right the nba had to stop and so it looks really bad because even if it wasn't rudy gobert it was going to happen anyways like there was right. no way that the NBA season was going to continue if Rudy Gobert didn't touch the microphones, right? Yeah. And so in that case, yeah, I understand. Like he just became the face of it, right? He was the first one to test positive, And then the touching of the microphones just adds like a whole nother element of like, dude, this looks really bad. And then he obviously got Donovan Mitchell, got COVID. And people expect that, you know, Rudy Gobert gave it to him and whatnot. So, and I think uh, Donovan Mitchell, yeah, definitely did get like the short end of the stick. I didn't think like, you know, I think he's better than Zach Levine and like some of these other players that got picked first. Uh, Donovan Mitchell was definitely better than them. And you know, Conley got picked. <laughs> Conley, Zion. Like I was like, you know, you could you can argue that these and these players are not better than Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert for that matter, right? But I thought that 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 was kind of the main thing with Rudy Gobert and. Oh, actually, I, I'm sorry. Conley wasn't in there because they did the All Star. Booker got picked technically, got and he got he yeah. took a spot. Yeah. Yeah. But that was my thing with uh, with uh, Rudy Gobert, you know. It's like, and then LeBron was talking about how he wanted size on his team, but then he didn't pick the guy who was seven foot four. So like, <laughs> <laughs> he left Rudy Gobert on the bench to pick Sabonis, who's like you know five six inches shorter than him. Right. So I thought that part was funny, and then the game itself was really not climactic at all. Team LeBron was super stacked. Yep. And then with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, you know, having out. yeah, because of contract tracing of COVID that, you know, made their team even worse cuz Joel Embiid would probably be like their top 2, top 3 player on Team Durant, especially with Durant not playing. You know, you needed Joel Embiid, you needed somebody to kind of be able to do that cuz LeBron had himself, Giannis, Steph, Luka. And so they were already over over overmatched to begin with, and then when you yep. lose somebody like a Joel Embiid, you know the game was like the game was over from the get go, right? It didn't even seem like it was a comp like a competitive game. Jokic was insurance policy. I think Jokic was on this team. Too. Yeah, Jokic was on the team. Too, <laughs> insurance yeah. policy. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah, and then I think that you know also Kevin Durant's charity did not get any money, so. That's disappointing that they didn't win any quarter of any of the games. So <laughs> Kevin Durant's charity got $0. <laughs> <laughs> Sad. That, that was pretty funny. Mm. Uh, but uh, kind of moving on from the All-Star game and Kevin Durant's team to Kevin Durant's actual new, not New Jersey, sorry, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, they were able to sign Blake Griffin over the time that the All-Star break 
And right after that, uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on Blake Griffin and what do you think he can add to the Nets? And if he comes to the Nets and plays well, is it a Mickey Mouse ring like everybody seems to make it out to be already? So <laughs> Mickey <go ahead>. Mouse <laughs> ring. The heck is a Mickey Mouse ring? Uh, but uh, here we go. I mean, here's the Blake Griffin thing, right? A lot of people are making out to be, oh, my God, they're stacked. They're super stacked. Like, <laughs> obviously, when you got three superstars, I mean, I guess two superstar, borderline superstar, and Kyrie, Harden, and Kevin Durant, you're already super stacked. Blake Griffin or not, you know, they they kind of have that void to fill, though. They Their depth, like I said, wasn't all that great, and that's something that needed to work on. They lost Spencer Dinwiddie, who's not going to be, you know, probably, I don't know. If He's soon. done for the year. He's done for the year. Yeah. And um, so Blake, you know, Blake Griffin is a void that's going to fill. And also, I mentioned beforehand, I was like, look, man, you know, when you have a team like this, and if Harden ever comes over, you're going to start realizing that there's going to be guys that are going to be joining the team. Mm-hmm. That just happens. It just yeah. happens with good teams or great teams. Yeah. It happens every year. It's happened, and it's going to keep happening, right? When you have a great team, teams guys want to come out. They'll take a they'll take a dramatic pay cut just to see if they can win a title that year. Yeah. Blake Griffin is definitely a a piece that could help the Nets, right? But he's also not the Blake Griffin of old. Yeah. It's been 400 plus days since he's even dunked the ball. <laughs> you know, Blake Griffin is good um and he's going to fill a void. He's dropping like 12 points a game or something right now with the Pistons. With the Pistons, all right? Yeah. I'm not down talking the Pistons, but at the end of the day, he play, he starts for the Pistons, he plays for the Pistons, and he's dropping 12 points, meaning you know where Blake Griffin is at right now yeah. in his career. Health-wise, he's not good. You know, he he's, hasn't dunked a ball. He plays. He's going to be a good piece to the Nets, but it's not something like, oh, my God, it was already overbearing, and now it's even more overbearing, I guess. Blake Griffin is going to be more important to the nets than some might think but at the same time i don't think it's like worlds apart having blake griffin or not having blake griffin on on the nets yeah and what i want to add about the blake griffin stuff was pretty funny because i saw a couple of tweets of uh, instagram screenshots where blake griffin liked posts where there was a guy talking about how he thinks blake griffin really wasn't trying on the the detroit pistons to kind of get his way out and that's kind of what happened. So he actually liked the post, Blake Griffin himself. So that was pretty funny. And then also he had posted right after he ended up joining the Nets, he started posting like training videos where he's like doing spin moves into dunks. And, you know, like you said, the whole idea of 400 days since he's actually dunked the basketball. So, you know, there's there's thoughts of, you know, he was kind of playing himself out kind of similar to what Harden did where he's just like not giving it his all right. and um, asking his way out. And, of course, he got the buyout, so he still is going to get his money. That he, the, yeah. <laughs> the Pistons are going to pay him like 20 times more than what the Nets are going to pay him yeah. uh, to not be on the team. And, you know, the Blake Griffin thing, this is in 2014. Like, I don't understand how this has become such a big thing. If you thought it was a, you know, quote-unquote easy chip for the Nets, that was when you got hardened. Yep. And I felt like if you thought, if you didn't think at that time it was an easy chip, I don't know what Blake Griffin adds to that. Like, but this is in 2014, Blake Griffin with Chris Paul and Lop City. And, you know, he's averaging 25 points a game. It's not that Blake Griffin. He hasn't been that guy for many, many years. And yeah, he, he was he was all-star two years ago. 
But he he just he has he hasn't been that guy ever since Chris Paul left. I just felt like you know you lose that. You clearly saw the impact Chris Paul has on any team, and when he leaves, they don't look as good, and that's a big impact of you know uh, Chris Paul had on Blake Griffin. But you know that's why they also traded him away. Is like they didn't really they realized they overpaid him. They they, they weren't gonna be able to do anything with him. So then they got rid of him, and then hey, it worked out. They got Kawhi Leonard and Paul George out of it. So. I guess it right. ended up working out for the best, but yeah, the Blake Griffin thing is like not that not that big of a deal. I don't know why it became such a big deal. Just I think it's a name, the name factor of a Blake Griffin, number yeah. one pick, you know, multiple time All Stars. It sounds good, and I think he'll be perfect for the fact that he's not required to do much of anything, right? Yeah. He's just got to come in and be a role player. Yeah, right? and with Harden and KD and Kyrie, it's so easy. Harden can make he made Clint Capella a borderline all-star you think he can't do that with Blake Griffin who has much more talent yeah he he, he's gonna I mean his role on the team is gonna be very very I guess impactful yeah in in a manner but he won't be I don't think he's gonna drop 20 points a game absolutely not you know I don't think he's probably not even gonna reach 15 no he might be around hovering around 10 points a game or something like that and you know those 20 points are gonna be important Mainly, he's going to be 10 points in those defensive rebounding and, and just playing good defense. Like, that's really all Blake Griffin's going to be asked to do. Uh, you got Harden, Kyrie, and KD. I mean, <laughs> you don't there's much not corn. much you need. Yeah, and uh, I think that, you know, they always needed a big, another big body just from the fact that when they lost Jared Allen uh, during, in the trade. And then DeAndre Jordan is doing much better. Like, I think he's leading the league in field goal percentage. So, he's he's been really solid. But uh, they they need another body, you know, because they would go from DeAndre Jordan to Jeff Green, and Jeff Green's like more of a, you know, he's more of an outside guy. He's not really banging down low. Blake Griffin's definitely got more muscle on him. He can be, you know, he can handle some of the bigger, the bigger centers in the, in the post and kind of be able to help with that. And obviously defensive rebounding. And he's gonna play spot minutes, but in those spot minutes, those are key, you know, key moments. Just kind of similar to like, you know, I want to use like a James Posey analogy where James Posey was like, you know, he he's always been good. And then he came to the Celtics when they won their title in 2008. He was so valuable in those moments that, you know, he's a veteran. He's been there before. You know, those are little things that in championship and crunch time of playoff games make the big, big difference. Yep. And, you know, those there's like a lot of those veterans that kind of become available around this time during the buyout market, trade deadline, and right after the trade deadline. Those are the kind of players that, you know, end up making a team, you know, jump, like push them over the hump and end up winning the title. And, like also, I think, and also, I feel like I won't be surprised if he's like resting a lot throughout the whole, throughout the uh, second half of the season and just like on and off games. And, you know, he's get basically preparing for the playoffs, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, I feel like a lot of that might happen. The other thing is, I guess, Blake Griffin and Jordan are back together. That's, yeah. that's, that's cool. And the other thing, this is my problem with I don't know how much truth to, to to it is to this is that my problem is if Kate uh, there was reports out there that said KD reached out to mm-hmm. Blake Griffin yeah I have a problem with that I really do I uh, I feel like that's an issue like why why do you need to reach out if you're Kevin freaking Durant why do you need to reach out to Blake Griffin to come to the Nets why you can't you can't do like you already have a great team. Right? Yeah. Why do you need to reach out to Blake Griffin to come to the Nets? That's just like I mean, yes, like 
I mentioned earlier, I don't think it's that it's worlds apart having Blake Griffin or not. But man, like you got to have some sort of a competition bone in your body. You're kind of overrunning already in terms of like the talent you have on the team. And now you want another guy on your team that, I mean, yes, he's not going to be like crazy. But at the same time, like as, as Kevin Durant, like, like personally me, if I had that type of team, I'm not reaching out to nobody. I'm like, we're getting it done, you know, but that's me. I don't know what Kevin Durant thinks, and he's obviously had joined has joined very very <laughs> powerful forces before, and it seems like he's doing it again. He wants to be known as the best player in the league, but man, you don't get that. You know, you don't get that doing it this route. Um, you don't want to be known as a second guy, dude. Get it done with what you have, and then I promise people will start labeling you another route. But when you do those type of things and you get labels like such as cupcake and whatnot, <laughs> they are very, very, I guess, deserving. Oh. That's what I feel about Kevin Durant I, a little I, bit I, here. I totally disagree. I totally disagree with that statement of why not? Why why not get better? Like I don't understand why why Kevin Durant shouldn't be like, hey, I want let me get give me give me the best player. Like why not? I don't understand the the sentiment of oh. I want to make it competitive. The whole idea of it is you want to have the best team to win the title, and I don't, I'm not. But I'm not, you already have that. That's fine. you already have. You why already, not get more? What do you mean? Why not get more? Why that, that makes like leave some competition out there? Like you're not. You just want to over, over stream roll your competition. If that's what you want to do, there's. I mean, this is this is gonna this is gonna be a trend of happening every year where teams are gonna be like, all right, let's just stack up real quick and yeah. get a championship and move on, like the there's not going to be any competition left and this is what we talked about if i'm not mistaken when kevin durant and Kyrie came together then we had ad and lebron we had we had guys like everywhere we had harden and, and paul at the time i think or westbrook yeah. uh, like there was balance mm-hmm. throughout the league and we're like man we're gonna see some good competition mm-hmm. and we actually did i'm not gonna say we didn't see any good competition Jokic murray you know we had good competition throughout the league and that's something that's a product, you know. That's the NBA product. You get more eyes on it. But when you when you get a Golden State and you get a, a Brooklyn Nets, the competition, people don't want to tune into that no more. Yeah. People don't want to watch that because they already know the results. Like, why would you want to I understand like what you're saying is like, hey, why not try to get better? Yeah. I get it. But at the same time, it's not great entertainment. It's really not. And it's not, it, it doesn't hold value with people or audience that want to tune in to maybe watch a great competitive basketball game. If the Nets are going to come in night in, night out, and literally steamroll their competition by 20 points, who wants to tune into that every night? Nobody wants to watch that. Maybe the Brooklyn Nets fans want to watch it. They're like, oh my God, we've had a miserable, miserable years and we're getting to enjoy this. Yeah. You know, but no, we want to see competition. We want to see some good basketball being played that where sides are balanced. That's that's what I think. I mean, yeah. Look, so my rebuttal to that is, look, I don't think it's as similar to the Warriors situation, simply from the fact that I think the team on the I West think this Coast team might be better than the Warriors. No, you're crazy. It's not. All right. Uh, Harden and Durant. You could ar- thing is Durant's think- the best player. One. Yeah. Argument between Steph and Harden. Sure. Um, what about Clay and Draymond compared to Kyrie? And Ky- Kyrie's better. I feel like Kyrie's better than both. 
but I, I think at that, time, at that time, Draymond Green, Defensive Player of the Year, Draymond Green. I, there, Draymond Green is I, good. I, I, think I, I just think having, like, if you compare Clay and Draymond to yeah. a Kyrie, individually, I think Kyrie is better than both of them. Yeah, but I think it's more about the fit, right? That's why the Warriors were so good, because the fit was so well, right? Of course. And that that's that's the main point of it, right? The whole idea when the Nets got hard and everybody wasn't, so sure about it is because they thought the fit wasn't going to be good and you know Harden the great mastermind of offensive basketball that he is has made it you know nobody's questioning it now everybody knows what Harden can do he can literally change his game to whatever he needs to do to help the team Kevin Durant's out oh, I can go get 30 Kevin Durant's in oh, I can get 15 assists Kevin Durant's uh Kyrie's out I can I can go get 40 points like it's just so you know the way he can change his game to what he needs to do. And with Kevin Durant being out, he's like almost averaging a triple-double with the Nets, shooting over 40%. Harden is shooting a better percentage from three-point line as a net than Steph Curry is with the Warriors this year. People said Harden wasn't going to be efficient, but Harden is very <laughs> efficient given the opportunity when he played with better superstars and better players. It just coincidentally, his stats look better, right? Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I did definitely... Think I agree to your point, but I thought like let me just get back to the the Nets and you know competition. I think there is still competition. I think the the Clippers or the Lakers, whoever gets out of the West, has a significant chance to beat the Nets. It's not a, a foregone conclusion if the Nets get to the finals, assuming there's no injuries, that they're gonna wall up everybody else. And I think the Warriors, the years when they got KD, that was the case. If they were healthy, they were winning the title. I don't believe that's the case now for the Nets, and. That's why I think that. That's why I think, like, dude, if you can go get a Blake Griffin, why not go get a Blake Griffin? Because eventually you're gonna have to. Assuming we both think right now, you both you think the Nets are gonna get out of the East, right? Of course. Okay. They, it's a disappointment if they don't. Exactly right. So I think that we both think they're gonna get out of the East, and anything less than that is really a disappointment. It's actually sad if they don't do it. I, I think it's title or bust for me. Yeah, and I, that's how I feel. I think that they're they're probably the favorites to me. Yeah. But it's not a foregone conclusion to me because I think LeBron and AD, if AD comes back healthy and AD can be AD, that they really have a chance to beat the Nets. And it's not going to be a you know, cakewalk over over the, the Lakers. But it's kind of a... And then also the, and the Clippers are still in it. We'll see how the Clippers come around it during the playoffs and if they can kind of get over their their playoff you know problems that they've had, especially last year. Uh, I think they I mean, can give the my, Lakers... My main run. thing with the Clippers... Like, I, I think the only, the only team that gives them a... A remote chance at you know not winning is the lakers clippers have had so many woes and i'm not yeah. talking about quiet i'm talking specifically about paul george he's had so many woes in the playoffs that like i wish him the well i wish him the best like he's he's had a lot of issues he's playing great this year but he's had so many woes in the playoffs that you cannot just say oh yeah if the clippers play well well clippers haven't played well and Paul George in general hasn't played well in playoffs, which is yeah. which is a huge downfall. And this is not I'm not talking about one year. I'm not talking about two years. It's been like three, four years type of thing. Um, he was a MVP uh, candidate a couple years a couple years ago with with the OKC, and obviously he, earlier in th this year he was one. He's kind of fallen off of that, but you know, and then and then playoffs come and he's not there. And this is this has been an ongoing thing. So, yes, there's a lot to figure out with him. I feel like, you know, Kawhi's going to be Kawhi. He's always been Kawhi. Like, you know, he's going to do do what Kawhi does. But when it comes to Paul George, it has been an issue. Is, he's gonna, is he going to come over? Is he going to overcome this issue, you know? With that being said, 
I mean, Lakers are the only team. Mm-hmm. But then Lakers, when it comes to those matchups, and when you just dwindle down on like the guys that they're gonna be playing against yeah. and who their matchups are, it's gonna be hard and tough, extremely tough matching up with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. Period. And, and I the the whole point about the Lakers is their defense. They're number one in in defense in the NBA, so they can clamp up. You know, quote unquote, they can clamp up, and I think that that's kind of Anthony Davis hasn't looked all that great either this year. Yeah, and he's, he's injured. He's been injured, and we we don't know what's gonna happen with that. Yeah, and my thing is, look, if this is all contingent on Anthony Davis coming back. I think Anthony Davis coming back healthy. I think the Lakers are gonna. This is a crash course, right? Everybody expects Brooklyn and LA to be in the finals. The Lakers, not the Clippers, and I think that all. It's all, uh, you know, hinging on Anthony Davis coming back and being healthy. He's supposed to be reevaluated in a couple of weeks. Um, so we'll kind of see how that plays out. And, you know, the, the games are, this is the second half of the season, right? Their all-star breaks passed and Anthony Davis has to come back. He has to get back into rhythm and kind of get his flow back. Because like you said, before he got injured, he wasn't, he wasn't Anthony Davis of the bubble. But Anthony Davis of the bubble was superstar level, top three, top four player. And Anthony mm. Davis this year wasn't that. And uh, maybe it's just, you know, the beginning of the season and, you know, whatever. But he needs to get back. And, you know, the injuries are obviously going to play a big factor. If he comes back and he's healthy and the Lakers look strong going into the playoffs, I, I don't think it's, you know, I think it's going to be a crash course. We're going to see if the Lakers' defense can affect Kevin Durant, Kyrie, Harden. Me personally, of course, you know, I'm a little biased. Like, I want Harden to win his title, right? And I, I don't think they're going to be able to contain them enough to win the series. Right. Uh, the Lakers don't have the firepower. Nobody has a firepower the Nets do. So the Nets are on. Mm-hmm. It's 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 night. It's good night. Like they're gonna win the title, right? But I think we'll see what the we'll see what LeBron and the genius of LeBron and the genius of Anthony Davis and the coaching staff see what they can come up to try to stop all three of them. Because you can't only put only a couple defenders or only like LeBron and AD on two of them. One somebody's gonna have to figure out how you're gonna guard Kyrie or Harden or whatever. And yeah, you know. Wesley Matthews, whoever, like you're gonna need to find people to be able to guard these guys and contain them to a to a, 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 a to an extent. Yeah. And if you can't, like, it's over. There's too they got too much firepower. Uh, so then we're gonna kind of leave that there. I, I, I just want to add one last go thing. Ahead, go ahead. Uh, it's uh, you know, all this to beat a 36 year old LeBron James, Stop and it. as Supreme Dreams <laughs> like to put it, he's not Thanos. All right, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's uh, move on from one uh, player leaving his team to another one that has just agreed with the San Antonio Spurs and LaMarcus Aldridge, um, which looks like they're going to look for scenarios where they can move him to another team. You know, wh- where do you think he lands, uh, Ultimus, and uh, what are yeah. your thoughts on that? So... Uh... Adding to the Lakers Nets, right? Uh, there's rumors if he go if he goes to the Nets. I mean, not to the Nets. I mean, to the Lakers. Right. Uh, then are we back on to saying is it competitive again? Right. And look, it's what are you gonna if you're LeBron James and they said, hey, Lamarcus Aldridge is available. Are you gonna tell them no? I don't want Lamarcus Aldridge. Like you would be crazy to say that. Like it just. My thing is, if you can get better and you think you can help your team, LeBron the GM is an amazing. Like LeBron the GM is. <laughs> top two top three gm yeah uh so lebron knows what he's doing when he's making moves so there's rumors about the lakers and i really think if he goes to the lakers then man that that, like 
we're already expecting those two teams to be in the finals, but mm-hmm. that would add another part because Lamarcus Aldridge, he can still get buckets. Lamarcus Aldridge still, still the same move, right? The turnaround, fadeaway, the eighteen footer, uh, still unstoppable. You can't do nothing about it. You just hope he misses because he can still make it at a very high clip. And the San Antonio Spurs are like, you know, in the playoffs, and so he's been doing very, very well. And I think that. You know, Popovich is kind of looking into more of a youth moment, kind of trying to get some of the, the younger yeah, guys, player, yeah. yeah, to opportunity to kind of get their feet wet and you know play in meaningful games. And obviously, when you have somebody like a Lamarcus Aldridge and you don't play him, or you you know if he's on your team, you're going to play him a lot of minutes, and that's going to take away from the younger people yeah. on the team. And you know, I, I look if he goes to the Lakers, like I would actually I would prefer him to go to the Lakers, uh, just. Then we, I don't want to hear anything about, oh, it was so easy for the Nets or so easy for one team, right? It's going to actually be a competition. Like maybe the, the, the East finals, I mean, the East playoffs and the West playoffs are going to be relatively, you know, not that dramatic or unless something happens, there's an injury or something like that. The Suns will happen. What, what are the Suns going to do? The Suns will happen. Okay. That means they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to probably going to lose to the Lakers or the Clippers or whatever. The Suns will happen <laughs> and Chris Paul will happen. Yeah. I mean, I'd be happy to see Devin that. Devin Booker will happen. I mean, me preferred. I would like to see an upset, whoever that is, but I just don't see it right now. And I think I, Suns are a team that can upset any team in the playoffs. Yeah, there's no bias. All right. There's no bias at all. There's no bias. Yeah. I, I really, I really feel and think that with, with the leadership of Chris Paul, yeah. I feel like. The Suns have the probably the biggest dark horse in the playoffs. And not only that, they're a high seed. So more than likely, they're going to enjoy some home court um, throughout the playoffs. Which, um, not only that, I feel like they can also upset a team that you might not be thinking that they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think like the Suns right now, I think what, they're, the, they're the second seed. Yep. And so I think that you know they, they would have home court for the first two rounds, uh, assuming things stayed the same for the rest of the year um but it would be it, it would be uh something to watch because i really still like utah's number one but like i mean nobody's really thinking utah's gonna win like yeah. i don't like i like they might win one series maybe but that's it i don't see them going to pass the second round i don't like this is a shot of utah it's just i feel like there's they don't have they don't you, have enough they're, they're better they're better than than they were before though because you got bogdanovich and conley yeah. not this was the main thing, right? When when they when they initially traded Rubio or got rid of Rubio and brought in Mike Conley, this is what they were expecting that these guys click. And Mike Conley does bring that, right? He yeah. now they're clicking with Mike Conley, mm-hmm. which is great. Uh, which is now you see the results of them being number one in in the league. And if you know they can put it together, I, I could see I could see them in the conference finals for sure. Um, I don't see why not. Uh, beating the LA teams like that's going to be difficult at the end yeah. of the day, regardless. But that's for anybody in in the Western Conference. And you, with with them clicking the way they are right now, I could see them get to the conference finals. I don't see them go to the finals, but that's the Utah Jazz could be, you know. Yeah, yeah. and so I guess I want to get your thoughts on the Lamarcus Aldridge thing. Kind of getting back to that real quick. Um, before we get way too far off topic, yeah. uh, what do you think about Lamarck Aldridge? And do you know, where you have any idea where you think he might be going? And and of course, like we think that he can help a contender for sure. Yeah. Um, but just want to get your thoughts on that. So Lamarcus Aldridge, I he's he's gonna be he's a bucket, right? He's always been a bucket. Dude remains a bucket. I think his 
his downfalls are on the defensive end. I feel like he's not as good on de- he's not good as defensively as he is on offense. So like he could help the Lakers um maybe in that second unit, I believe. But they're going to have a lot like if they're all healthy, they're going to have a lot of those power forwards slash guys that are like, you know, they don't shoot at a high they don't shoot the three at a high clip or, or anything of that nature. Uh although LaMarcus Aldridge has been shooting a decent amount of threes um this year and obviously going back you know with they're gonna have Marcus Gasol Montrez and LaMarcus like AD AD like they have a lot of those power forward guys now if they can be sort of spot ups it'll be great for the Lakers um because defensively I don't know how great or how much better the Lakers get with bringing in LaMarcus but they could definitely be better in terms of competing offensively with teams such as the Nets in the playoffs. But, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge to any team is going to be a, a huge get regardless just because he's a vet. He brings that leadership. He's a great, you know, he's a great professional. He's, he's a professional at the, end of yeah. the day, at the end of the day. And he also will just bring, you know, just his offensive abilities to a team. And he, he can elevate a team or especially those those contending teams to that next level um, if they're looking to do that. Yeah, and I think the last thing about LaMarcus is she just adds another dynamic uh, just because the game has sort of changed and he still has that old-school game where yeah. he's working in the mid-post, he's working in the you know the mid-range area, yep. and things that a lot of teams don't do anymore. A lot of the teams are especially the same. Pl- especially come playoff time, those things are important. Yeah, because however you can get a bucket in the playoffs, you got to get the bucket, and I think that a lot of teams, it's the same concept for almost all the teams, right? Everybody wants to shoot threes. Everybody wants to get to the layup. Everybody wants to shoot free throws. And nobody's really taking many mid-ranges. I think in, in the All-Star game, I think it was like taking like eight mid-ranges or something. Really, like, they shot like 138 three-pointers or something combined. And only like 10% of the shots or like 5% of the shots were mid-ranges. So the mid-range game is practically gone. And LaMarcus Aldo still does that at a very, very high clip. Uh, he's all he's like the uh, you know a bigger version of Chris Paul where they just work in the mid range but they're so efficient that you're okay with them taking those shots. And yeah, I think like you know if he like let's just see where he ends up going. You know the the San Antonio Spurs are expecting that you know they don't they won't have to buy him out before they can trade him uh, to a team. So obviously the the uh, trading trading deadline is coming up. I think by the next week, I think the 25th, I believe is March 25th is the trading deadline. So you're gonna see a lot of moves within this follow upcoming week and then the following week uh of LaMarcus Aldridge and just other maybe you know other role players uh veterans that can help contenders and kind of yeah. see how the teams shake out after that cuz that would be an interesting thing just to see you know teams that are not necessarily in the in the conversation for winning a title or winning their conference yep and maybe you know a little a big splash move here or there it kind of pushes everybody in and you kind of maybe get a better understanding of who really is going to compete against the Nets, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Jazz, or whatever. And uh, Zengi, I think on that note, we're going to stop the podcast for this week. And uh, on that note, we out. out.